0: Children may be dismissed with our volunteers in the back to Children's Church. And I'll invite you to turn with me in your Bibles. For those of you staying and joining us on the live stream to Philippians chapter 3. Here we begin a new chapter in our study of this book. And we're going to look at just one verse this morning. But this verse, as those around it, remains the word of God. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Let's pray that you would teach us this morning. Heavenly Father,
1: we need your grace more than we may even know that you would take your word, not mine, that you
0: would take your truth, that you would take your gospel, that you would apply it to our hearts and our lives, that we might see Christ and know the joy that comes from him. We ask that you would teach us the gospel afresh today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, if you've ever watched one of these shows on Netflix or Amazon Prime or Disney Plus or whatever, that's like just an episodic show, you might have noticed that, you know, when you get further in, they say previously on The Expanse, previously on The Mandalorian or whatever. And there's this little option down at the bottom often where you can skip the recap, which, you know, saves a bunch of time if you're already up to date on the show, and you don't need to remember what, what happened. Why, why be bothered with all the repetition and, and stuff? You can just skip it. But sometimes skipping the recap is, is not a helpful thing. Sometimes uh, going back over the same ground again, getting a fresh view of things is exactly what you need. Like when the professor right before the big exam holds a review day and just goes back over all the stuff you've already spent all this time studying anyway, that can be helpful. Or or when you get together with friends that you haven't seen in a long time and you share all the same stories you've shared again and again, all the same jokes again, if it's just that, that... reconnection and going over that same ground is of immense value. Sometimes the worst thing you can do is skip the recap. Verse 1 of chapter 3 is a recap of sorts. It's a verse that holds a a transition point between everything that Paul has talked about in chapters 1 and 2 and everything that he's going to talk about in chapters 3 and 4. And in it, he states explicitly, he's giving a recap of all the stuff he's already talked to them about before when he was there. He's not going to tell them anything substantively new. And yet, that recap might be the most important thing they could hear. For in it, Paul reminds them, that it is in Christ, no matter what you may face, no matter what circumstances you are in. And the Philippians were in quite quite a, a, a bevy of difficult circumstances, facing pressures and persecution from without, facing division and discord from within. No matter what you may face from without or from within. There is in the Lord and all that he has revealed to us in the gospel, reason for joy. And so when we look at the surpassing worth of the gospel this morning, I hope that we will find that joy in Christ. As we look at... um, These main phrases in this verse, what does it mean to rejoice in the Lord? What does Paul mean to write the same things to you as no trouble to him? What does it mean that it's safe for us? So the first thing I want to do is is look at this. What, What does it mean for Paul to tell us again, and if he said it once, he's said it 10 times already, rejoice in the Lord? This Christian joy, and make no mistake, the joy he's calling the Philippians to here is a distinctly Christian joy. It, it answers one of the most fundamental human questions we have.
1: How can I be happy? And does God even want me to be happy?
0: It's an important question, and and sometimes we we look for the answers in all the wrong places, or we misunderstand what happiness even is. We we think of it in terms of uh, things or places or people or possessions. But what Paul is doing here is he's pointing us that there is an answer to that question. I remember. In college, sitting with my RUF intern, meeting with a student who was not a believer, who just asked the question, does God even want me to be happy? And I was on the verge of saying, of course not. You know, he wants you to be obedient. And he wants you to, you know, I had a whole list of things. And my intern jumped in and me and says, of course he does. What do you think blessedness is? What do you think Jesus is talking about when he says, blessed is the man who? What do you, what, where is God taking all of this? To misery and confusion and despair?
1: What are the fruit of the Spirit? And sometimes we miss
0: that. That reality, that overflowing of goodness and kindness and grace and mercy of the Lord that answers the question, does he want you to be happy with a resounding, eternal, and overwhelming yes?
1: And yet,
0: we find ourselves wandering in this broken, sinful miserable world, always hungering and always thirsting for happiness, but never finding it. It's analogous to one who comes in from, it's hard for us to imagine working in the summer heat, I know, at this current moment with snow all over the place, but imagine working out in the summer heat trimming your hedges or mowing your grass or pulling weeds out of the garden or whatever it is that you have to do out there and coming inside and dying of thirst, you turn the house over looking for something to give you satisfaction. And so tear open a can of Pringles and eat the, the salty potato chips and wonder, why am I still thirsty? You, you dig into the, the bottom of the, the fish tank and pull out the little pebbles from the bottom and try to snack on those and wonder, why am I still thirsty? Or you, you tear open uh, the, 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 the container of flour and toss it into your mouth and wonder, why am I even more thirsty now than I ever was when all the time there was a faucet? Overflowing with water. There was a a dispenser on your refrigerator refrigerator to, to grant you endless amounts of chilled water even. Like we run around hungering and thirsting for happiness when the source of that happiness is right before us.
1: And it is the Lord and no other. Paul roots
0: Christian joy not in our circumstances, not in our possessions, not in the people around us and the relationships we have with them. He, ra- he, he roots our joy, our happiness in the Lord and in Him alone. And when we look For that
1: joy. Anywhere else but in him.
0: We will always hunger. We will always thirst. We will never find satisfaction for our souls.
1: Where are you looking for happiness? And finding it wanting.
0: It's not a new pursuit. It is an age-old. It is a distinctly human question. You find it asked in all sorts of different ways all throughout Scripture. The author of Ecclesiastes, the, the teacher, wonders, looking for fulfillment, for purpose, for meaning, for happiness. And Knowledge. But the more he learns, the more frustrated he is at how miserable the world is and how meaningless things seem. He looks for it in work to just do something, to build something, to, to, to find success and, and satisfaction in that. And yet there's always something, some thorn or thistle that rises up instead of the, the fruitful work that, that he seeks. He looks for it in just rank pleasure, pursuing every form of, of worldly and earthly happiness he can find. And in every case, he gets to the end and finds it wanting. That's what any and everything will do to you if you seek from it true, lasting happiness. Because only the Lord can grant it. He is its source. He is its source. And when we look to other things for that unshakable happiness, what we are really doing is bowing down to idols, thinking that something else, be it money or success or knowledge or relationships or drink or food or what have you, that this worldly, creaturely, temporal, transient thing can grant my immortal soul the peace and the joy it seeks. Now certainly, the Lord grants us earthly pleasures. There are joys and, and bits of happiness to be found and seen in the things of this world, but not the sort of joy, not the sort of happiness that can satisfy your soul.
1: We rejoice.
0: We find this Christian joy in no other place. It is rooted in Christ himself. And so, Paul tells them where they can learn more about this Christ and how to find that joy from them. And he says, to write the same things to you is no trouble to me. He's saying nothing new. He's writing the same things. He's talked about these things. And in fact, you can pick up in the book of Philippians themes that he writes in other letters. There there is nothing novel. He's pointing them to the same truth, to the same gospel, to the same good news. A good news that announces salvation for sinners in Christ. And when he does this, he teaches us that Christian joy is a gospel
1: joy. Sometimes I realize that it might be
0: easier for pastors in our world to come up with new and novel things, to tickle the ears of people, to have a new TED Talk topic every week, and to say something new that you've never heard before. and Maybe that might open the floodgates of new people filling the church, whatever. And yet, God has given us his word, this one truth, this one
1: gospel message. And it bears repeating. Repetition isn't
0: all bad. I mean, when you, when you learned the timetables, right, you, you didn't sit, and, unless you are a genius, and props to you, I did not have the experience of sitting down, looking at them one time and being done. I remember it being torturous. And then, if it wasn't bad enough to have to go home and have my parents quiz me on the times tables, I had to go to school and take that one-page sheet of 100 multiplication questions in under a minute, or I couldn't move on to the next thing. Maybe they don't do that anymore. Maybe that's old math and not new math. But I remember being so distraught. When am I going to be good enough? A minute for 100 questions? Break that out into how many answers per second. And yet, you drill it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, and, and now I know what six times seven is.
1: I'm not going to tell you because <laughs> I want you to study. There
0: are all sorts of things that become better and more useful with repetition.
1: The gospel, the good
0: news that announces salvation from God to sinful people that grants them everlasting life and fellowship and joy with him is a message that bears repeating a lot
1: to everyone everywhere. When you win something
0: or, you know, you get this letter and, ah, I won this prize. It's a major reward. You don't keep it to yourself. You tell everybody. Depending on what it is, you might even put it up in your front window for everybody to see. You don't hold back that good news of some simple prize that you won. This eternal heavenly treasure that is ours in Christ announces a a reason and an access to eternal, unspeakable joy and a life in the presence of our Creator, you cannot repeat it enough. You never graduate from the gospel. There is no one-minute test that you can take so that you can move on from that to something more. The gospel is, of, is eternally deep. You cannot delve the depths of it. And it is the explanation, the announcement, the invitation to behold the goodness and the joy and the mercy of God in Christ. And if you lack... Joy. If you lack
1: happiness, the gospel has something to say to you. Maybe you are saying to yourself, I'm adrift.
0: My job is miserable. I am alone i don't know what the next days are going to hold i just i don't even know what to do and the gospel comes to you and says your god who made you who formed and fashioned you equipped you and gifted you calls you into fellowship with him to participate in his Eternally grand purposes for the universe that culminate not just in the return of Christ, but in the restoration of all things where you, with all the saints, will be enthroned to rule as vice-regents with him
1: for all eternity. Maybe,
0: even in that menial job, there is some greater, grander purpose that God is working out for you, through you, in you. Maybe he's calling you to something else. Some of you are saying, well, whatever, work is work. It's the, the people around me, all of my relationships are falling apart. Since COVID has started, my spouse and I are fighting more. My children seem alienated from me. I haven't seen my best friend in months. Everything, all the people that I know, it's all crumbling, and I am crippled with loneliness. And the gospel comes to you in that. It doesn't downplay your grief and sadness. But shares that there is good news that in Christ we have peace with God and one another the gospel is about tearing down the dividing walls of hostility that would separate us from one another and building us up in unity and love
1: in Jesus
0: some of you are coming with deep Sickness or loss of loved ones, and wondering, how is it that God could allow such suffering and misery in this world? And the gospel comes to you too and says, "This is not the end. Whatever grief you may have, we in Christ. Do not have to grieve as those who have no hope. God is doing a thing. And every eye will behold the salvation of our God. He will make it all right.
1: And there is, in
0: that gospel message, a word of joy for you. See, the world would say, if you want happiness, get out of your unhappy situation. Get out of your unhappy relationship. Get out of your unhappy job. Get out of the unhappiness. And and you find yourself constantly jumping from one place of unhappiness to another, never finding satisfaction. But the gospel comes and says, our God is so great and so mighty and so incredible that not only is he able... To restore sinners into fellowship with him, the holy and righteous God through the work of Christ. But he is able to break into your grief and into your sadness and into your misery and into your pain and offer you a word of a real, everlasting, unshakable joy that you can have here and now and forever. It will never die, it will only grow, because that is what God offers us in Christ. Not moving from one set of circumstances to another, but moving ever closer to Him. In love, and worship, and obedience, and adoration, and fellowship,
1: and joy. And so Paul would say,
0: it will never be old to talk about the cross of Christ, where he bore in his body the sins of his people, so that we might be presented to God not as sinners, but clothed in his righteousness, free to enjoy fellowship with him forever. Paul says it will never get old to talk about how Christ on the cross nailed every power and principality to it, disarmed and dethroned any and everything that would seek to set itself up in the place of God. And then rising from the dead, he conquered even death itself. It will never get old, says Paul, to see how these things work themselves out in our lives. Day to day, as we grow in faith, moving ever towards Christ
1: and His joy, to write the same things to you—it's no trouble. But it's also—it's safe, and this—this this means so much. But in, in,
0: at essence, what Paul is saying here. This Christian joy is such that you can never have too much of it. You can never have too much of it. Sometimes when we feel our lack, when things beset us and and we are disarmed or or destabilized from our relationship with the Lord and, and this sadness and this grief creeps in or oppresses us or turns our whole world upside down we we might start to wonder and doubt well m- maybe god has just offered me a little bit of joy or maybe it's just a theoretical joy there's the spiritual joy that the preacher talks about on sunday and then there's the real joy that the that the world talks about experiencing we, and we when we begin to wonder have i had my fill is, has god withheld it is this all that there is for me and and the message could not be more different. You cannot have too much Christian joy. The reason this doesn't make sense to us is because with everything else, you can't have too much of a good thing, right? I remember I love shrimp of all kinds. Shrimp scampi, fried shrimp, boiled shrimp, whatever. And my family, my dad grew up, on the coast of South Carolina, we would go down there for summer vacations and we would take the boat out into the little creeks and we would cast the cast net. We would, Dad would cast the cast net. We would fumble and flail at casting cast net. We would rake in shrimp. I mean, long enough ago that if we weren't supposed to do that, the statute of limitations hopefully is, is over. But I mean, we would get shrimp like, and all these families would gather together and we'd boil them and we'd sit around the table with melted butter and shrimp and newspaper, and we would just go to town and eat. And I remember one particular time I ate. I I don't remember starting and I don't remember stopping, but I ate a lot of boiled shrimp. And then I could not touch it for like years after that. Could not touch it. Thank God he has relieved me of that particular burden. But uh, you can't have too much of a good thing. That's what idols do. They overpromise and underdeliver. And it's the law of diminishing returns. And the more you chase after them, the less they give. And there's a danger in that. Paul's going to talk later in this chapter about the danger of pursuing the the, the lies and falsehoods and of the the Judaizers who were saying, if you want to really grow closer to Jesus, you need to do all of these things. And they would press in thinking that their own effort would open the door to more joy and happiness and contentment in the Lord. But the harder they worked, the worse it got.
1: To be rooted in
0: the same unchanging eternal gospel is safe for us because it protects us from the lies of idolatry. But also, it allows us to dive deep into the unending, eternal joy and
1: grace of the Lord.
0: The the joy that we have in Christ is not a sinful joy. There's not a, a point where you can get to where I've pursued Christ so much, now it's become sinful. Not possible. You can try to pursue Christ in sinful ways. That's not the same thing. It's not transient. Like it's not like you, the joy of Christ is, is like a firefly. There one minute, gone the next, blinking on and off. And you've got to run around trying to catch it so you can put it in your jar and hold on to it. it it's eternal. It's un, it's it is a an ocean. It is not dangerous. The more you know the joy of the Lord, it doesn't put you in a position where you might die of food poisoning from undercooked shrimp or whatever. You can't have so much of it that it puts you in danger. It is not sinful. It is not transient. It is not dangerous. You cannot have enough Christian joy. But you're only going to have that. In Christ. Outside of Him, there is sin abounding. Outside of Him are transient promises from idols. Outside of Him is danger. Christ welcomes us into His presence and offers us Himself, His protection, His safety, His joy, that our lives might be devoted to Him, that we might live. In him, for him, to him, through him, with him, and everything. How do you do that? Like, what does the gospel say? What, what does the gospel say? How do you access this? On the one hand, the good news is you don't access it. Christ accessed it on your behalf. It is there. Believe it.
1: Don't make Jesus a liar.
0: But if you're confused, he's given you all sorts of means, all sorts of resources that, that you might grow in that, that you might understand more of who he is and what it is that he has done. He's given us his word that we can, can know him and what he's done and what he calls us to. He's given us prayer that we can cannot rely on our own wisdom, but can gather together and lift up every cry and prayer and petition to him and seek his wisdom and his provision and his guidance and his Strength. He's given us the sacraments
1: that we might, through
0: ordinary, everyday elements, experience the extraordinary fellowship of Jesus as he communes with us.
1: So if you are struggling today to know the joy of the Lord, ask yourself, have I been
0: pursuing happiness through idolatrous means? Have I been looking for happiness in all the wrong places? Take an honest look. What do you think will really make you happy? Ask yourself, Where is that unhappiness strongest in me? What is it that I'm experiencing now? And I'm sure that with all of you, and and myself included, it's more than just one thing. But just start with one. Where is the one place in your life that you are absolutely oppressed with grief and sorrow and sadness and discontent and anguish? Seek. From the gospel, that word of joy, how does the good news of Christ address this particular, specific thing for me right now? And ask yourself, am I lacking joy because I somehow have thought I can have too much of Christ? Have I gotten bored? With Jesus? Do I need to pursue Him afresh and anew? To take up His Word? To lift up every prayer and petition? To gather with God's people to hear and learn and pray? To come to the sacrament seeking fellowship with the Lord in faith, knowing that the Holy Spirit will do what He's promised to do? And you will find as you pursue the Lord and the joy he offers. It's very much like C.S. Lewis' book, The Last Battle in the Chronicles of Narnia. When the door to the new world is opened, the call goes forth, further up, further in. There is never a moment where they've like reached the end of the new wonders That the eternal king has prepared for them. There's never a moment where they've exhausted his creativity or his kindness or his goodness or his love or his joy. There is ever always only a movement more and more toward him. To behold even more deeply the wonders of our God in Christ. You want to know the joy of the Lord. Seek it. In the good news that he's announced. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would reveal to us afresh this good news. Lord, that to hear and to read the same things would not be dull or boring to us, but it would open the door for us to see Christ afresh and anew. That we might be humbled by him, that we might be strengthened by him, that we might know His joy. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Let's stand.